Welcome to a special episode of this podcast recorded live at the Spoke Street Media booth during Seek 2023 in St. Louis. To find more shows recorded at Seek, search for The Seek Podcast in your favorite podcast app. Enjoy. Hey, everybody. Hi, Kelsey. (laughs) What's up? We are here at Seek 23 at the Spoke Street Media booth recording a very special Blessed Is She podcast. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Father Mark Mary, part of the Blessed Are We connection here. (laughs) This podcast is very special because neither Father Mark Mary or I are Beth and Jenna, who usually host the Blessed Is She podcast. But I mean, I feel like, Father, you have been on uh, a lot of Blessed Is She podcasts. Maybe you should just host this. You're the old pro. I do love the opportunity to be part of Blessed Is She. I think you've been on like four, five, something I got to like keep that. showing up so you keep giving me chapstick. <laughs> yeah, Jesus is the bomb. Yeah. Father Mark Mary's favorite. Um, you've also been on uh, Saint Stories. I think that's really where you got your start a couple years back. On yeah. a little YouTube series on Blessed Is She? Yeah, things were going on. I was just doing my little YouTube video thing. And then all of a sudden I did a, a Saint Stories with Kelsey Dassons. It's like life before and after Saint Stories was never the same. Yeah, that's the, my documentary. <laughs> You've also traveled with us a lot. You and I have done a couple of retreats, revivals together. That's been a lot of fun. Yeah, yep. it, it feels a little bit like we're doing something like that right now. <laughs> something like that, yeah. Minivan, Spoke Street Media, podcast booth, pretty much, pretty much the same thing. Yeah. So good to be with you, though, at Seek. You too, Kelsey. Seek is actually, it's like really surreal to be back here because um, it wasn't too long ago that I was a college student myself at Seek. Do you know my, my little Seek story? I, I may have heard it, but I'd love to hear it again. <laughs> so basically, I came to Seek... I was, I was doing it a lot in college. We went, I think, three out of the four years. The first year was probably my sophomore year. And I came my junior year when it was like the full seek in Indianapolis. We were in Michigan, so we like bust a bunch of people down. And it was really like super exciting. And it was Christmas break, so everybody was feeling good. And I remember going into the like big adoration night before the keynote. I was sitting there with all my friends. Uh, we're like dancing, having a good time. And the introvert in me is like, okay, I just need to take a minute by myself. So I sat down and made the mistake of checking my email because that's what people do. (laughs) And uh, I opened up an email um, from this company that I'd been interning or I'd been interviewing to intern for over the summer. And it'd been like this really intense, prestigious process uh, to like get this big position that I was hoping for and they let me know that they were going to go with somebody else so I was like oh my gosh so disappointed it'd been like so many months in the making and just kind of like fell apart and then it was already January and I was like I don't know what I'm going to do for the summer so I just felt really stuck and remember you know just taking that to the Lord and like mustering up a little tiny like Jesus I trust in you during adoration um, and just being able to you know, pray with that and surrender a little bit to that. And then going back to school that semester. And, um, oh, sorry, back up. What year were you at this point? (laughs) I was a junior. Okay. I was a junior. So then after, you know, I'm like really disappointed. It's like hard for me to kind of 
you know, deal with this. And I'm praying and trying to give it to the Lord. And then I think it was that same night or the night after they announced where they were going to have the next seek the following year, because it's always an exciting thing that they do. And I'm like, okay, senior year, we got this. This is going to be like our last ride. It's going to be so fun. Like keep this seek thing going. And, um, I remember sitting there and looking at the screen as they're like doing this big countdown and then it's like really exciting, three, two, one. And then the first thing I see is a cactus and I'm like, oh my gosh. And then it says Phoenix, Arizona. And I turn to my friend and I'm like, this has been fun, but no chance we're like moving across the country basically to go to this seat because we're in Michigan. So it's like another world. And, uh, yeah, so I was like, okay, well, well, we'll live it up while we can here, but no chance our school's going to send us. And then I go back to school, uh, randomly apply for some other internships, end up interning for the summer in Phoenix, meeting Jenna, my now boss, Beth, my coworker, um, who end up offering me a job with Blessed Is She after I graduate, pray about it, move to Phoenix, end up at the Focus Conference in Phoenix, boothing with Blessed Is She. And it's just like so crazy to think about everything that the Lord did and like how that all came together just with like my, my little tiny surrender. Mm-hmm. And I like look back and I'm just like so grateful that the Lord, you know, took that, that little bit that I gave him um, and kind of unraveled this like beautiful plan that he had for my life. Yeah, I love that, Kels. And yeah. it, like the, the theme, right, what we're going to be talking about mm-hmm. is, is trusting and, yeah. and trusting the Lord. And it sounds like, you know, and, and I think that's a beautiful thing, right? Because what God was doing in your life already as a, a junior mm-hmm. in college, you were, maybe like the trust wasn't full yet. It was maybe in seed form, but it was seed enough for you to be able to pray, Jesus, I trust in you. Totally. You know, and then, and I think that's, that's kind of what one way we want to look at it, right? So, so, okay, there's a situation, there's something that's not really happening the way you, you want it to happen. Okay, we cry out to the Lord, Jesus, I trust in you. And as you continue to stay in that relationship, you continue to, to follow him, you give him time to actually yeah. show his trustworthiness. And so the mix of all of these sort of things that you didn't kind of foresee, they weren't part of your plans, they weren't kind of how you thought it was supposed to look. I think, I think you end up now kind of in a situation even better than you probably would have if you were left to your own devices. Totally. You know? Totally. Yeah. I think about how, you know, like being a junior and being at this conference and, you know, experiencing this disappointment or like a shattered plan of what I had for my life. And it seemed like so big and how, you know, even in that, the only thing I really knew how to do was like say this small little prayer. It was like all, all I could do and how beautifully the Lord has like taken that and just like given me this like wonderful life and I even think about like being in college and um you know like basically begging the Lord in like the early years of college to like call me to religious life because you know I'd come from a broken family and I didn't really see that like route for myself and the thought of like being loved in that way was scary and so uh I just like so badly wanted the Lord to call me to himself. That looked like the the easy way out for me. And in a lot of ways, this internship in college looks like the easy way. It was like well paid. It was going to be, I could live at home, um, save up money, like do the normal career thing. Um, But that's not what the Lord had for me. And so the Lord like called me to Phoenix to blessed is she. And now I'm engaged to the most wonderful man I've ever met. And, um, 
preparing to get married and just like in awe of everything that the Lord has done. One of the things that one of the great works of it, it begins in the Old Testament and one of the great works of of those who are following the Lord, right, is, is not just to, to trust, but also to remember his previous trustworthiness. Yes. I think it's Psalm 139 where there's this whole litany of he did this because his, his love endures forever. His love endures forever. His love endures forever. So you have this experience in your life where you've seen God provide, you know, mm-hmm. and to do something to show his trustworthiness. But uh, you're a young woman and, and life is still happening. And there's still lots of things that are happening where yeah. uh, you kind of almost like he's putting like you have to trust him again. Totally. How, have you found some way either remembering, thinking back on how he's brought you to this point, has that helped you now encounter new things that happen, new kind of surprises or, or even disappointments? How, like, what does that look like now? And it's okay if it's like still in process, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, totally. Uh, looking back on consolations has been huge for me. Um, even like my fiance and I are planning a wedding and, uh, you know, I'm not sure if anybody here is like engaged or has planned a wedding before, but I was like, my gosh, this is like, I feel like more intimidating than going to college. It's so expensive. Like the sticker shock of like, how are we going to pay for things? And like, uh, he's in a new job and like things are unsure. And we just, it was, you know, hard to kind of wrap our mind around it. And, um, from the jump, like, uh, we were trying to DIY a lot of things. And so we were like, we're going to do the Spotify thing and just like not have a DJ. And then where we're having our reception, they're like, well, we don't have a sound system, so you have to rent one. And I'm like, I don't know how to do that. So I'll just see what a DJ is going to cost. And we, uh, so I sent a couple of emails asking for some quotes. And uh, I get an email back like the next day from a local guy who we kind of know casually. And uh, he said, hey, I'm available for your date. And like uh, an anonymous donor has paid for your entire package. <laughs> I was like, my gosh, like at that point, we were just like two kids trying to get married. And um, we just like really consoled and moved by someone's generosity to do that for us that we said like, okay, this is like, the Lord is telling us something here. Like he's always going to provide. He's like blessing this um, union, this relationship that we have, our vocation. Um, And that was just like a real indication of like his extreme generosity that we were like, this is you know, we're going to really rely on this. He's always shown up for us in the past. Um, He's going to keep showing up for us. So we've been like looking back at that as times have gotten like, you know, it's gotten stressful and you get like, you know, stressed about details or things like that. Um, It's just like such a small testament to his faithfulness. And there are so many other examples in my life that uh, he's done that of just like, you know, he's been faithful in the past. So even if I feel like, you know, he's not close to me or I don't know the next thing to do, like I just need to do, like just to stay with him and do the next right thing. And I think Father Mike talked about that um, in his keynote where it really stuck with me of just the example of Abraham being um, the father of faith. And he wasn't the father of faith because he was like super well-versed in whatever or like got these great revelations. He was the father of faith because he was obedient and he did what the Lord told him to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And I see that so much in my life. My faith has looked like just like following the Lord in the small things. When I was in college and I had no idea like what the next couple of years could look like. 
uh, just like being able to surrender a little bit to him and um, doing like, okay, even though I'm disappointed in this moment, I'm going to keep following you and him just like blessing me so abundantly. Yeah. And, and that's beautiful uh, to kind of put it in another lens. Mm-hmm. We talked about how faith, faith in action, was it the totally. word faith in action is, is obedience? Yeah. That, but that, again, that's like what trust in action, trust in action, like, uh, trust when we actually live it, what it looks like is obedience, is continue mm-hmm. to follow the Lord. Because with a lot of things in life, when things aren't going the way we want them to in the timeline, the temptation, the tendency is to control and to do what we want to do, or, or kind of like to, to make it happen. And just to be obedient, to be faithful, and to allow the Lord to continue to lead us is like is 100% uh, the call. Can I can I riff for a minute on this? Please real quick? do. Because I Please feel riff. yeah, I, I I feel really strongly about it, and it's one of the the things I go to a lot is at the mm-hmm. beginning of the catechism, right? Um, it's it's after the fall, all subsequent sin is is a is the result of disobedience and a lack of trust in God's goodness, mm-hmm. and so trust trust is the foundation and sort of the the core, and and. And all of obedience and all of following the Lord and all of staying that, that in, in the relationship with him is going to be the fruit of trust and trust in his goodness ultimately. Because I really, uh, it's a gift. You know, it, it is a gift ultimately. It's a work of grace in our lives to, to be able to trust him, especially with the hard stuff. And it's one of the gifts he's given me. Yeah. And, and I, I think it's also just part of the nature of living poverty, chastity, obedience, of following him as a Franciscan in this way. Uh, part of the privilege, the outcome of it is like, I, I really trust God. Yeah. Doesn't mean I'm always obedient. Doesn't mean I'm always faithful. Absolutely not. But like deep down, I actually trust him. And when life is happening and difficult things are happening or when bring, people are bringing to me their difficult things, I, I don't know how God is going to reveal his trustworthiness. Mm. Um, but I've, I've literally like risked my entire life on it and I would do it again and again and again that, that he is who he says he is and that he is faithful. And that in my own life, in my own experience, the experience of salvation history, even what you're sharing, like all of the evidence points to his trustworthiness. Yes. And again, I don't know what it's always going to look like in my life or those who I, who I walk with. But I am totally deeply with all that I am convicted that he is he is trustworthy. But we have to understand it in a, in a couple ways, because for the Christian, um, trust, mm-hmm. trust and hope is not just like a like a kind of like a, a poor or a weak or a cheap optimism. And it's not instant gratification. Yes. So when people are bringing to me one of the, like the struggles a lot, like they bring to me a, a struggle with Un- unfulfilled desires of um, of infertility, of sickness, things like that. The answer I can't give them is no, 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 no. You'll you'll get better. No, 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 no. In in, in three weeks, what you want, how you want it, is is going to happen. Like it's not we we can't fall back on, and we kind of can be tend to do that, even in how we try and encourage each other with a bit of like a cheap optimism. No, no, no. It's going to be okay, yeah. and just kind of like, but. We don't exactly know like the mode of how he's going to show his trustworthiness or the timeline, but we have the radical confidence in who he is and that whatever desire is there, uh, he will fulfill. He will fulfill. Yes. Um, and then the second one, this, right, is, is it's just the nature of life of to, to have this instant gratification approach to, to our relationship with the Lord. It's like, okay, like if I am faithful and if I pray and if I do this, he is going to answer this intention and this prayer in 54 days when I do my novena or whatever it is. But when we see with Abraham, what we see with the people of God of Israel is 
Sometimes they're following him and sometimes uh, the promise isn't fulfilled until after they're dead, until centuries. Yeah. But, but nonetheless, uh, God has eternity and we have to give him eternity. Or you can say this, he's given us eternity, we have to give back to him. You know, yeah. I think that's just. And, and just a last thing, because it's, it's on my heart with, it's kind of a word from Advent for me. Right, Advent is a preparation for the two comings of Christ. Um, his coming in history, the nativity, right? But also his coming in glory. And, it, and it's a season of hope. And, and what the Lord really, really convicted me of is like, it really is true that, that when he comes again, um, it'll all make sense. Yeah. That when he comes again, like he has promised that every tear will be wiped away. And, and, and no matter what my own personal struggle is, those, of, those around me, my family members, the world, like that is true. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the Lord has said, um, every tear will be wiped away. And, and again, every, every plan, every way, every design, every, it, it's just all gonna click and it's all gonna make yeah. sense. Um, but with his help, we do just have to give him permission and we have to give him time to reveal and to show his trustworthiness in whatever is going on. Yeah. My friend, uh, who everybody here probably knows, Beth Davis, always says, like, scripture uh, is a down payment on, like, what God is going to do in your life. You see in scripture, like, the miracles that he works, the fulfillment of all of his promises, and that is, like, your down payment, your confirmation that he's trustworthy. He'll, he, like, raised people from the dead. He's going to work a miracle in your life. Um, I recently, someone shared this with me and it's given me like a lot of freedom and, you know, permission and kind of reframed how, you know, I can trust the Lord is they said, there's this common phrase. I'm not sure if any of you have ever heard it, but people like to say like, Oh, God's not going to give you more than you can handle. Like, Oh, if he's giving you hard stuff, it's just because you're strong. Um, and what they shared was like, you know, when you think about it, that's actually not true. That's not biblical. That's not like really in line with how we live as Christians, because if God only gave us what we could handle ourselves, then we would just do everything ourselves. And what he's inviting us to, especially in these seasons of like disappointment or suffering or struggle when, um, you know, it's hard to trust the Lord. He's inviting us to just like give it to him, to surrender to him, um, because obviously, I mean, he can handle it and he brings us to the end of ourselves so we can rely more deeply on him. And it's in this reliance, and I've seen this so much in my own life, it's in this complete total reliance where like our life really flourishes because then you see, it's like looking back at these moments of consolation where it's like, there is no way I could have done that myself. But God showed up and he filled in all the gaps, all the empty places in my life. And I'm better off than I would have been had I been left to my own devices. And I think one of the great scriptural examples and models mm-hmm. of his faithfulness is a, is a re- reference is uh, the journey of the people of God uh, out of Egypt to the promised land, the, mm-hmm. the years in the desert, right? And, and the Lord, as a sign of his faithfulness, that he was with them. He, he went before them, right, by fire at night, by yeah. clouded day. And he, and he gave them bread from heaven. He gave them manna. And all of this was to sustain them and to help them continue to make the journey, right? And uh, Pope Francis in Lumen Fide, which is his first uh, encyclical, he says something along these lines that 
like in the midst of suffering, what we don't need is just an explanation. What we don't just mm. need is like the answer, if you will, like, yeah. oh, here, no, here's why suffering happens or here's how you can trust God. But what we need ultimately is a presence that's with us for the journey. Yeah. Right. And as we continue our own pilgrimage in the, in the desert of life, he has given us this, the new, uh, the new manna, the, the new bread from heaven. He's given us a presence for the journey, which is himself. And so he does invite us and he asks us to trust and to give him time. Mm-hmm. But he's also with us. Like he's with us in the Eucharist. He's with us in prayer. He's with us through the word. He's with us uh, living within our souls by baptism. Um, and he invites us not just to walk with him, but even at, at times and, and many times to let him carry us. Right. Yes. And so he, the presence for the journey isn't just somebody like walking side by side, whatever, like a little buddy, um, not just like a car what's a uh, road trip buddy. Like, uh, <laughs> But he, but he's also like the one who desires, he's our father who wants to carry us when, when it's the most difficult. Yeah. Yeah. And as you know, been praying about this podcast and even last night, like sitting in the stadium with 17,000 other people worshiping the Lord, um, just like kind of thinking about everything the Lord's done in my life since the last time I was like in an adoration like this in a big stadium in some city in the U S uh, I was really just thinking, you know, like, what would I go back and tell myself at 19, 20, sitting at these conferences and uh, like, what would I, what would be the one thing I want to share like with the college women here? And I think I just really like in the depths of my heart, want to tell people like your life is going to be so much better than you could dream. And it's not in a way that it's like, oh, I'm going to like get all these things and like my life's going to look really beautiful on Instagram and like all of a sudden I'm going to go home and have a bunch of friends. It's going to be better in the sense that like the deeper your relationship is with him, the more your suffering has meaning, the more your suffering forms you and builds you up and brings you closer to him, which gives purpose to your life. And so like even, you know, sharing here about how many like how in awe I am of what the Lord has done. Like there have been times like college ending with COVID and, you know, never coming back from spring break. And that was the end of my college experience. And then moving to Arizona for this great job that I love, but like many, many lonely months of being in a new city without any friends and, you know, not really having anybody else but the Lord. And, um, just being able to, you know, be in that season. Um, but to be in that season with him, I can like look back at that now and be like, thank you, Jesus, for that, for that time, because you use that to form me, use that to heal me, um, deeper parts of my heart that maybe wouldn't have, you know, come up to the surface had I not been in that season with him. So I really just want to encourage, you know, these women here, these college students here to just like keep leaning in, keep, um, you know, being with the Lord, inviting him into those places where, you know, there's suffering, there's loneliness, there's temptation. Um, and without sounding cliche, like I, I can just tell you like how the Lord has changed my life is so much more than I could even, you know, put to words. Mm-hmm. So. Retweet. <laughs> Agree. <laughs> you know, Father, I'm not the only one that's uh, been called to the desert, you know, from Michigan to Phoenix, Arizona. Yeah. You've been to the desert a couple times. Yeah, a not couple, Phoenix. A couple times, <laughs> multiple deserts. The one in Utah is what you're talking about. Yeah. What do you want to know? I don't know. We uh, we have this little Lenten devotional 
Born a Fire for men, people keep asking. They keep coming to the booth like, oh, what is this? Yeah. So could you give a little pitch? Could you share a little bit? Of course, I'm grateful. <laughs> I was going to make fun of you because you, you just invited all of the women to trust. I'm like, what about the dudes? Yeah, what you, about you came, the dudes? You came around to it. I was getting <laughs> in trouble with Michelle Benzinger from the Abiding Together podcast about doing stuff with like St. Francis and then leaving out St. Clair. So I'm, I'm so learning typical. as well. I'm, you know, um, yeah, so with this is the first Blessed Is She CFR crossover in a Yeah, the first uh, way. production from Blessed Are We. Blessed Are We, <laughs> exactly. Uh, and right, so Father Innocent, who's, who's one of the friars and just as good as it gets as good as it gets as Can good as confirm. it gets yeah as I, as I mentioned to you someone recently referred to them as the nicest person they've ever met and yeah checks out um, checks out but also cr- incredibly deep and really gifted particularly with uh, walking with men and leading them to grow in their their identity and so part of what we do is we do like an actual like concrete trip with Core who's also here uh, at Seek we take like a three week trip into the desert um but also, like, you know, that, that's what we're able to do it concretely, but life kind of has it in a lot of spiritual ways. But ultimately, why we do it, we don't just do hard things to do hard things. And there can be a tendency, especially for men, to just kind of focus on we're dudes, and so we're going to hard, do hard things because that's what dudes do and just kind of yeah. like whatever it is. But, but we do. We go into these hard places, and we do this to, to actually be cared for and to experience what it means to be a son first and foremost. And so taking the lessons from the desert, taking the lessons that Father Innocence learned as uh, he's been forming and walking with men for really almost a little bit less than a decade, I guess, is we put together kind of blessed or the born of fire kind of devotional, right? To help, um, help men kind of continue the journey of their own identity as son, as brother, as man, uh, ultimately a spouse, as mystic. Um, and, and I think his way of framing what this means and what this looks like is as good as it gets. And so I know for me, just walking with him, learning from him, going to the desert with him, it's been, yeah, it's just really insightful and really helpful. And so hopefully, you know, we, we did pretty good last, whenever it was last Lent and it helped a lot of guys. So, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I'm a girl, obviously, but last year we were coming out with this and I love Father Innocent, the CFR. So I was really excited about just the idea of collaborating with them. And so when the book came out, I was like, well, I should probably read this because, you know, we're going to be selling it and we're going to be sharing about it. So I, I want to know what the deal is. And I felt like it was a little window into Father Innocent's heart, which is always a delight. And uh, I read it like sitting on my couch at my house uh, in two sittings. And I like every once in a while would see my roommate who was sitting there with me just doing her own thing like getting out her phone. She kept trying to record me because I was just like sitting there reading it and like audibly saying, wow, wow, this is so good. (laughs) So that was really sweet. But I really think like reading this about like the identity of a man and like who he's called to be um, and that encouragement really gave me a lot of clarity of like who I am as a woman because Mm -hmm. it's so like complimentary not saying all you gals should like go get born a fire because we also have new wine a lenten devotional for women which is amazing um but i just think like this book has you know changed so many men's lives and it's yeah just a really really beautiful testament and i can just like feel the goodness and i ended up like getting it for every guy i knew so (laughs) any ladies out there listening if you're thinking of a particular guy uh it's definitely a definitely a good catch so yeah and thanks to and and, like the mystery of god right that this uh from the friars our men's devotional was put out by 
<laughs> blessed oh, is she. Blessed is she. <laughs> I, I asked uh, Jenna and the team to make a, a separate landing page website. Yeah. Because, like, here's this thing for dudes <laughs> on the desert, born of fire. And then you show up on a website and it's all, like, lavender and pink and pastels. <laughs> like, well, maybe, maybe that's not what we're going for. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that's still available. Bornoffirebook.com cool. um, or blessedisshe.net Lent. We also have a few copies here and special announcement. The first three guys to the Blessed Is She booth, 936, starting now, will get a free copy of Born of Fire book. So tell your friends, text your guy friends, tell them to head over there. They'll help you out. Do the other women working the booth know that? <laughs> yeah, I okay, let them know right. like five minutes before we started. Some so they've been ready. Up. Oh, yeah. I'm here for the free book. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What? <laughs> so, yeah. Just really, really excited uh, that this is going to be in the hands of so many more guys this Lent. Were there any particular like like experiences that guys had last year that you found moving? Because you were meeting with people, right? Talking about we we don't rivers. really do that while we're in the desert. Okay. We meet with them after and stuff like that. Um, it's always kind of the it's it's I wouldn't say it's always the same, but but it is just what one of the things that Father Innocent really emphasizes. Particularly because we do like our holy hours. Mm-hmm. So we go in this, we're backpacking, right? And so we're in the back country and we do mass and holy hour in the morning. And so this year it was as low, it was low as like six degrees. And so really you're trying to make a holy hour and it's, and you're sitting still for the whole hour and it's six degrees. Um, like you're not really going to be able to like meditate and to reflect and to do like Lexio Divina or to really do much at all. Yeah. And as one of the brothers said, like his prayers, like, all right, Jesus, like, you're going to have to take care of this one. Yeah. And that, and that I think is one of the important lessons that Father Innocent wants to teach all of us about prayer is that the, the primary protagonist uh, and of prayer is God himself. It's not about us or what we do uh, or what we want it to look like and to surrender and to be like, okay, Lord, I'm here and I'm poor and I can't, I can't do what I want to do. You take care of this. Yeah. You know, uh, on the interior life in the prayer. It, it's really, I think, one of the fundamental lessons that he's hoping that we, we take away from that time. Yeah, praise God. Okay, Father, just to wrap things up, I shared what I would tell my 19-year-old self. Do you have any uh, insights what you would tell 19-year-old Father Mark Mary? 19 year I would say... You're not going to bowl a 300. You're Go not, to class. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm going to say, you might be tempted to get a belt with a large belt buckle <laughs> and to wear it back behind like on the corner of your pants or your shorts oh, goodness. don't do that it's not actually cool and it will never be cool there was a thing do you remember do you know punks ashton kutcher that whole thing oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. von zipper was a thing and they so like for like skate brand surf stuff they used to have these like belts with big belt buckles uh-huh. so they're kind of like texas style but they'd be like surfy and yeah. there was like a phase for a little bit to wear it like not all the way in the back, but kind of to the side. I don't think that checked out. Um, but but uh, what would I say? It's going to be bigger and better than you ever imagined. I think know? I've heard that before. Did somebody else Did you recently say that? say that? That's what it is. I just think, I think the gift particularly, you know, that's when I kind of started my journey towards the yeah. priesthood. And so I give everything for to be a priest. And it's been even better than I imagined, right? Mm-hmm. It was what I was already willing to give my life up for, but particularly spiritual fatherhood yeah. is just a gift and in an abundance and overflowing uh, in a way that's like concrete and satisfying. That's way beyond anything I would have ever expected. And so maybe just um, something about, hey, just first of all, 
just be a priest and leave that girl alone and yeah. you know what I mean and then just don't bring her into this uh cause that happened but so leave her out of it and just keep stay stay the yeah. course yeah yeah that's awesome cool. I just like sitting here I just like feel excitement like in my bones for all of the like people here I, I'm not that much older than most of you but like you're just in such a like beautiful time in your life where I just like cannot wait to see what what the Lord is gonna do. So did you just infer that I am a lot older than all of you? Yeah, these Father people? Mark Mary is so much older than I'm all of you. I'm twice the age of a lot of people I, here. That's we're funny. trying to keep him young. That's why we keep him around. Blessed is she. That's right. <laughs> well thank you guys so much for hanging with us. Thank you to Spoke Street for having us. You can check out more of their podcasts at spokestreet.com. And thanks to Focus for you know putting this all together, making Seek happen for changing my life all those years ago, not all those years because I'm not that old, but a couple years ago yeah. um, and continuing to, you know, provide this opportunity for so many students. We're really grateful. And thanks Jenna and Beth for letting us take over their podcast. Yeah, thanks for letting the B team show up. <laughs> we appreciate it. Let's gather. What is, what's, uh, do they have like an opening line? You know, like abiding together is like, grab a coffee. Welcome yeah. home. I think it's, um, pull up a seat in your heart. <laughs> I think Beth says. Thanks for letting us pull up a seat in our heart. Something cute. And then it's like, hey, friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hi, friend. So, (laughs) sorry. We weren't as cute as they were, but they'll be back. (laughs) Cool. Thanks, Kels. Thanks, Father. Talk to you soon. Thanks, everybody. Bye, guys. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. For more information on the Focus Seek conference, visit seek.focus.org. This episode of the Seek 23 podcast was produced by Spoke Street. For more great podcasts, visit SpokeStreet.com.